ברוכים הבאים. The Mayu Mitanach are very moving, not only because of the level of the lecturers, the other lecturers, not me, and the shurim, but mainly due to the thousands that take off and work simply out of a sense of commitment and love of Dvar Hashem. The study of Tanakh is basic to anyone who takes his Judaism seriously. The entire world of halacha and ritual is firmly rooted in Tanakh. A profound appreciation of Jewish law is impossible without a deep understanding of Scripture. This is certainly true regarding festivals that commemorate and re-experience events described in the Torah. There is no better example than the Seder night where we are commanded In every generation, one is obligated to view himself as if he himself left Egypt. The laws and rituals are based on the events and enable one to relive the dramatic transformation from slavery to freedom. Ironically, the laws of the first Seder night seem to contradict this principle. Insofar as the historic events that give meaning to the commandment, Tit Matzah, apparently took place after the children of Israel were commanded to eat matzah. We say in the, the Haggadah, in the first source, I'm sure we all know it by heart, we don't even have to read it from the daf. Matzah zu, shanu ochlim al shuma, al shum shelo espik b'tzeikam shelo votenu l'achmitz, ad shenegla aleim melech malchem l'achim ha-kadosh baruchu, u-galam shenemar, v'yofu atabatzeik ha-shautzim u-mitzrayim u-gom atzoki l'ochameitz, ki goshum u-mitzrayim v'lo-yichlum amea v'gam tzedah lo-osu lahem. This pasuk, is discussing what happened after the Leila Seder. When they got up the next morning, they weren't allowed to leave their houses until until morning. The next morning, they were chased out of Egypt, and they took the dough, and they didn't have a chance to, to bake it in Mitzrayim because they were kicked out. And nevertheless, we find that the law to eat matzah already appears beforehand when they're told to have the Korban Pesach and to eat the Korban Pesach tzli'esh umatzot al-marim on Lela Seder, the first Lela Seder in Mitzrayim, they were commanded to eat matzah, when we're told that the only reason that we eat matzah is because later on, in another few hours, they didn't have a chance to, they were kicked out of Mitzrayim, they didn't have a chance for the, the matzah to rise. This is a question that bothered many of the Mepharshim. Uh, before we get to various different answers, the question is, does the, the question really exist? Uh, the, the Girsa, at least the, one of the Girsas in the Mishnah that the Haggadah is based on, source number two says as follows. Matzah al shum shenigalu avotenu mitzrayim, and it leaves out the Pasuk, and it doesn't say shlo espikvitsekam, and it doesn't refer at all to the events of the following morning. And in fact, the Ramban, in his Pirish on the Torah, when he explains vayofu etabatseik, he says as follows, source number three. Why did they bake it as matzot as opposed to bread? Because they were commanded, you're supposed to eat matzot. In Mitzrayim, it wasn't seven days, but it was one day. And according to Ramban, that one day includes the night and the following day. So, he says, why didn't they bake Why didn't they break bread? Not because they were kicked out, not because they didn't have the opportunity, not because they were chased, but because that was the mitzvah, that was what they were commanded. Why didn't they bake it right away? The reason they baked matzahs was because they couldn't eat bread. Why didn't they bake it in Mitzrayim? Why did they bake it by derech? That's because they were kicked out. So why do we eat matzahs? It has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that they were kicked out. It's some other symbol which the Ramban doesn't make clear, at least not over here. The Ran on the Rif defends the Girsa that we have in the Haggadah, which some people have in the Mishnah as well. Source number four. Matzah al shum shenegalush nemar vayufuat habatzeik v'lo yachulit mamea she'ilu yachulit mamea had they been able to stay in Mitzrayim hayu machmitzim oto they would have let the bread rise. As it says, Pesach Sheni is referring to Dav Tzadik Vav in the Gebarim Sachim, that it was only one night in a day. Apparently, maybe the, maybe it was the day before that night, but it, but there was certainly no Isser of Bayra Bayimatse, 
And the reason that they baked matzah and not bread the following morning was not because of the mitzvah, not because of the prohibition. The reason they baked matzah was because they were kicked out. So, at least according to the Ran, and we're going to go, the, the entire shir is going to go according to the, to the Ran, and the gifts that we have in the Haggadah, that the reason that we eat matzah is because they were kicked out and the dough did not have a chance to rise. Had it had a chance to rise, they would have been able to eat bread the following morning. The question then is, why were they commanded to eat matzah at night? And regarding this question, a lot of them unfortunately ask this question. They give various different answers. We're going to go quickly through a number of the different responses, which are interesting, and then we're going to get to the direction that I would like to take. In the Abu Drab, source number five, Ulechem Pirish Rabbi Yosef Akimchi Shemash and Stavu Al Matzot Kom Lechem Haya Al Shem Haatid. They were commanded Matzot Al Shem Haatid. In other words, in Mitzrayim, the Torah was already, or Hakadosh Baruch Hu already was anticipating the next day's events, and therefore they were commanded in Mitzrayim to eat Matzot because the, because he knew in the future what would happen. It was the symbol of the Matzah is because the the, the don't die have, have a chance to rise. That's the reason for the symbolism. Why were they commanded the first night? Because, you know, that's about to happen in the future. In other words, at the moment, we don't know why yet. Amisol had no idea why they were commanded to eat matzah. The reason will unravel in another few hours. Why do we eat matzah now? Because we already know the reason, in retrospect. But that first night, they didn't yet know. That's the Avudram. And there are many people that go in that direction. The Masha and Chidusha Gados. Because basically, according to Avodraim, it's the reason of Los Bikbetekam. However, that night they didn't know. The approach of other Rishonim will be, let's try to find some other reason. Is there some other reason that we could find, hinted to, uh, regarding the dinner of Matzah, that has nothing to do with Los Bikbetekam? Maybe there are two reasons that we eat Matzah. And uh, that's the direction that the Marsha goes in. Devada Yisra Chametz called Zayin Humitam the reason that we don't eat for seven days, that's because of Ayofu Tabatzeik. That's clearly because of what happened the next day. Why do we eat at night if that's before the next morning? We find matzah in another context in the Torah. Where do we find matzah? We find it by the Karban Mincha. The Karban Mincha is a, a meal offering. And you're not allowed to, it's not allowed to become chametz. You have to eat it matzot. And therefore, there's another context in the Torah where it talks about matzot. Whatever the reason for mincha is, and the Varsha goes on to explain what the reason for mincha is, and, you know, it's, it's semi-Kabbalah, so I'm not going to go into what the reasons are. Anybody that wants to check it up can go to the Marsha. The main point of the Marsha that I, that, that interests me right now is that what he looks to for the reason for matzah at night is the paradigm of the korban mincha. The idea of matzah that you have by mincha apparently applies to Pesach as well. No, what the reason is... Not I'm not a Kabbalist, so I don't know. I can't tell you. You'll have to look at what his no, reason when is. Talks, no, when the Torah talks about Kabbalah mincha and you say it applies to matzah to be associated with that, it's an all-year-round thing. That's an all-year-round thing. Yeah, mincha is all-year-round. Mincha is all-year-round. What, whatever the problem of matzah is for the Kabbalah mincha applies to Pesach as well. You can, you can take a look at, uh, at what he says, what his reason is. I don't want to go into the reason because I don't understand it. Um, there are some that uh, talk about uh, the Korban Pesach being something parallel to a Korban Todah, which came along with bread. And here the bread, instead of being one of the, one of the breads are chametz, but here the bread is, you know, the, the, the mass that comes with the Korban Pesach is parallel to a Korban Todah with, with uh, matzot or with bread. Why here it's matzah, not bread? I'm not, I'm not sure, but there are those that say the matzah of Lela Seder was the, the idea of something parallel to a Korban Todah. Okay, uh, what, what both of these do is they're looking at some other paradigm where we find matzah in the Torah that's not necessarily connected with Leil Seda whatsoever. But nevertheless, you know, maybe that's what we have to go to in order to understand why they were commanded to eat matzah on the first night when they left Mitzrayim. The Beis HaLevi says something very, very interesting. It's a very uh, lengthy piece in the Beis HaLevi. I took uh, only a certain section of it. Uh, the Beis HaLevi... In general, is referring to the term Zot Chukata Pesach. What's the Chok of Pesach? And uh, he begins. It's not on your daf, 
אמנם יותר נראה דהפרשה איירי ובן גדול, ומלומד היודע עניין יציאת מצרים וניסים שנעשו בו, ורשע איזה תלמוד חכם. רק ליבו נטל לצד המינים והאפיקורסים והמדחקמים והאומרים טעמים למצוות, ואחרי שימציאו איזה טעם שאינו שייך בזמנים אלו, יאמרו שכבר נתבטלה המצווה וחיובה חלילה כמו כת הרפורמים. כן? We know, we know, you know, when Beis HaLevi lived, we know who he was fighting against. Uh, and the Beis HaLevi says there are people that they take a look at the mitzvahs. They say, ah, this is the reason for it. That reason doesn't apply, therefore the mitzvah doesn't apply either. And the Beis HaLevi is attacking, you know, that position. And therefore what he says is, and this is on your daf, V'chein diktiku raboteinu v'amru. מצה זו שאנו אוכלים על שום שלא הספיק בצקם. דהו רק טעם, when it says לא הספיק בצקם, that the dough didn't have a chance to rise, דהו רק טעם, דמשום הכי אנחנו מקיימים מצווה זו. That's the reason. אבל עיקר יסודה של מצווה, but that's not the main reason. The basic reason, למה ככי המצווה איננו בשביל זה. That's not why we eat מצווה ליל הסדר. מה שהיה במצרים, the historical events that happened in Egypt, the Torah preceded the creation of the world. In the Torah that was written before the creation of the world, it said you're supposed to eat matzah on Leila Seder. So that preceded the historical events of Egypt. Avram Avinu ate matzah. Lot gave matzah to the Malachim. They were eating matzah at the time of the Avos. Lois Bekvitzekim makes no sense. Vimkain, who belated Rabbanisan, Achal Avram Matzah Umarar, Afal Gav Da'az Hayat Kodem Galut Mitzrayim, if the Torah was given before the creation of the world, if the others were eating matzah before the, the Exodus, it must be, Sheyesh Belayla Zot, it must be that there's some other reason. These mitzvot of eating matzah didn't come from the historical events, but rather The first thing, the most basic thing is the Torah. The Torah says matzah moron lela seder. Since there's a matzah moron lela seder, therefore the events, the historical events, happened in that way. It was the basic thing is the Torah. The Torah is eternal. The Torah is God's divine, infinite word. The history plays its way out to run parallel to those infinite lines of the Torah. So what he does is he takes everything upside down. And obviously he's going to use this to explain our problem, why they were commanded to eat matzah before the events happened. Because basically, the reason that we eat matzah, we don't eat matzah because the dough didn't rise. The dough didn't rise because we were commanded to eat matzah. Okay? It's a very interesting idea. Um, we're not going to go go into it any further. There are other mafarshim that also went in this direction. We know historically. I mean, he's being ahistorical. We know historically what the Beis Halevi was struggling against. But uh, but nevertheless, you know, that's another position that basically says the mitzvahs don't look for historical reasons. Don't look for historical reasons to justify mitzvahs. The mitzvahs, the Torah is eternal. Yes. Beis HaLevi is Rabbi Yosheber Salvechik. He was the father, the, the grandson of Rabbi Chaim Velazhin, the, the father of Rabbi Chaim uh, HaLevi Salvechik, and the great-grandfather of Mori Verebi, Rabbi Yosheber Salvechik. What? Reform. Reform and Naskala and... Right, right. He was fighting against people that said that basically uh, the missiles uh, were because of a certain reason. Those reasons don't apply. Let's, let's, uh, let's erase those missiles as well. Okay. Going to ask. Uh, whether there was really the ideal of matzah. So, what was the ideal of it? I'm just... Uh, I'm going to look for some other explanation uh, for, for matzah because uh, it's, a, it's a little bit too sharp. Right? 
I mean, the, the, his basic premise in terms of how, you know, whether we should uh, cancel mitzvahs that are no longer relevant, I mean, that's certainly I would agree, agree with. But um, we're going to try to look for some other uh, justification for, for matzah. Okay, I, I think, you know, again, the, um, the marshal looked at the Kaban Mincha. He found matzah some other place in the Torah. Uh, we also find matzah some other place in the Torah, and that's in, uh, in Dvarim, where it refers to the Shevah Yom Tochal Matzot Lechem Oni. It refers to Lechem Oni. Uh, Lechem Oni does not seem to correspond with Shalos Bikbetzekam, which is a symbol of the Geula, and uh, the fact that they were kicked out of Mitzrayim. So what is Lechem Oni referring to? Um, there are drushes because Lechem Oni is written without a vav that talks about poor man's bread, right? People call it Lechem HaLachma Anye, this is poor man's bread. Uh, the Sifrei and Rashi as well, source number eight. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Lama Nekra Lechem Oni, El Al Shem Inoi Shenis Anu Avoseinu. Lechem Oni is because of the oppression that our fathers were oppressed in Mitzrayim. Now, if you have one place in the Torah that it calls it Lechem Oni, and we have a matzah that we don't understand because the events didn't yet happen, and Oni already did occur, it would make sense to me that the mitzvah of the first Leila Seder, Utzli Eishu Matzot Amrom Yachluhu, is to eat matzos at that point as, as symbolic of the Oni of the Eidoi. So that's the direction that I want to go in. Again, as I said, there are a variety of different answers. There are other answers also I didn't talk about. The answer that I find most compelling is that the, the reason that they ate on Leil Seder is because of the symbolism of Lechem Oni. But basically what I want to use is that symbolism of Lechem Oni to appreciate um, what exactly is the significance of Oni and what is the difference between the two different symbol, symbols that we have for Shibud, one which is the Maror and one which is the Oni, and why do we need two different symbols, assuming that the Matzah, yes, is a symbol of, of the Inui. So what I want to show you and, is that the, the Matzah and Maror are parallel to two different things that we find occurring and recurring throughout the the, uh, the, the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it begins already. I, um, if you take a look at the other side of the page, I had some blank space, so I, they say you don't have to, everybody has a Tanakh, we don't have to bother uh, with the Psukim, but I had some extra space, so I figured I'll save you being my daftef. In the Gzeira, to Avram, it says, "Vayomer laAvram yadoa tedaki ger yazaracha beeres tolahem vaavadum viinu otam." There are two different verbs here: vaavadum viinu otam. One is avdut, and the other is inui. What's the difference between avdut and between inui? There are two separate things: vaavadum viinu otam. We usually read it as one statement: vaavadum viinu otam. We don't notice that there's any difference. What I, what I want to show you is that there's a very, very big difference between Avadum and Inu Otam. Let's take a look at, uh, that was the Gzera. Let's take a look at when it actually happens, at the beginning of Shmos. That's the next, uh, next Pesukim. Vayasimu alav saremisim l'man anoto b'sivlotam vayiven are miskinot l'faro et piton v'et ramses v'kasher yanoato ken yerbe v'chen yefrotz v'yakutsu v'pnei v'nei Yisrael. And then the Pesukim that follow, Vayavidu Mitzrayim et Bnei Yisrael b'farech, Vaymaru et Chayihem b'avodah kasha, b'chomer uvilvenim, uvuchol avodah basadeh, et kol avodatam ashavdu ben b'farech. You have two Pesukim, and then another two Pesukim. The first two Pesukim, the theme is Inui. The second two Pesukim, the theme is Avodah. Let's take a look at the Pesukim again. Vayasimolav sarem yisim. They put over them officers to collect taxes from them. The taxes obviously was the labor. Leman, why did they put over these officers? Leman anoto besivlotam, in order to oppress them. Vayiven arei miskinot lefaro et pitom vetramsef vekasher yaanuoto, and the more that they were oppressed, 
Kain Yerbev Echen Yerfros, the more that they multiplied, Vayakutsu and Pnei Bnei Yisrael. Okay, and then the next two psukim, that's the theme of Inui. The next psukim is Vayavidu Mitzrayim Pnei Yisrael They made them work with very, very hard labor. Vayimaru at Chayim Bavodakasha. They made their lives bitter with the difficult work, Bechomu Uvelvenim, Uvechol Avoda Basadeh, and all the labor Basadeh, I mean, we can't help but noticing that the Torah is sticking in the word avoda as often as it can. Right? In these two psukim, you have avoda in various different forms for five different times. Right? In two psukim. So it's clearly, in, in, beforehand you have inoi recurs twice, and here avoda five different times, and it's clearly saying avoda, 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 avoda. So you have these two different themes. Uh... But and it just begs the question: What is really the difference between avodah and between inui? Um, I want to uh, quote a passage in an article that Rav Salvatic wrote in uh, Tradition in 1968, I think it was. No, 1970. I'm sorry. Uh, where he talks about the difference between pain and suffering. Suffering is not pain. Though colloquially the two words are used as synonyms, they signify two different experiences. Pain is a natural sensation, a physiological reaction of the organism to any kind of abnormality or tissue pathology. It is, as Aristotle already knew, a built-in mechanical signal that warns man whenever his physical existence is menaced from within. It is an integral part of the body security system. Pain as instinctual reaction is immediate and non-reflective. As such, it is not restricted to humans. The beast is also exposed to and acquainted with pain. Suffering or distress, in contradistinction to pain, is not a sensation but an experience, a spiritual reality known only to humans. The animal does not suffer. This spiritual reality is encountered by man whenever he stands to lose either his sense of existential security or his existential dignity. Whenever a merciless reality clashes with the human existential awareness, man suffers and finds himself in distress. Now, this distinction that Rav Salvechik makes between pain and distress is made within the context of talking about the Shibut of Mitzrayim and the eventual redemption. He's not referring to Avodim V'inuotam, but he does refer to Amishel's suffering as opposed to Am Yisrael feeling pain. Um, and anybody who is aware of Rav Salvechik's, he's wrote in other places that, that when that when Am went free from Avodah Selcherus, it's on two different levels. There's existential freedom, and there's juridic freedom. They were freed monetarily, but there's also existential freedom, and that's you know a totally different, uh, different ballgame. Um, I'm not going to go into the two different ideas of freedom. I spoke about that on other occasions. But those two different parallel freedoms are parallel to, the, to pain versus suffering or what I'm referring to as avadum v'inuotam. Uh, I don't think that inui is exactly the same as suffering because inui is being oppressed. A man can suffer by himself. To be oppressed, there has to be somebody else who's oppressing him. Not only is it a human reaction, but it's human reaction to what other human beings do. Let's take a look at the Pasuk again. A man can suffer by himself, but only when it is oppressed, when somebody else oppresses him. In other words, oppression, inui, is an existential depth experience. It's not a feeling. Avodah or Vaimaruat Chayem Bavodah, Mririrut is, we use Maror as, as a symbolic of that Mririrut. Vaimaruat Chayem. Maror is a taste. It's something superficial. Inui is a depth experience. It goes, and it's based on the fact that man is humiliated and he is dominated by another. And therefore, avadum v'inu otam are two very, very different ideas. Two very, very different types of uh, of things that Amisal went through in Mitzrayim. 
not only was there very, very difficult labor, and of course it was difficult labor, and there was pain, and it was hard, and it, and it, and it, and it left a bitter taste in their mouth. But aside from that, there was also Inui. They were, Please turn off your telephones. <laughs> there was also Inui. They were also oppressed. There were, there were officers placed over them. Leman anoto b'siv lotam. What? Labor is more physical, and you know, labor animals can work also. On you know, we we when we talk about Shabbos, right? So on Shabbos, uh, we're not allowed to work. One of the reasons is because of Bracious. The other reason is because of Yitzhak and Shrine. And and therefore, not only can, do we not work, but also our animals don't work. You know, work is something that you can have in the animal world as well. But Inui, Inui is something that doesn't relate to the physical you know, experience of work, but it's the existential, you know, it goes to the depth of the human personality. May I? You're better than this than me. <laughs> I made the distinction in Germany between calling the Shoah, the, the work that people did in the Shoah, slave labor. I protested very hard. I said, what we experienced is not slave labor because the slaves had some freedom. But what you are describing exactly fits the situation of that. Uh, yes. What, what Mrs. Sickwood said, and she went through the Shoah, uh, is that what happened in the labor camps was not slavery. It wasn't uh, just labor, but it was oppression because what the Germans did was they tried to dehumanize the Jews and take away their sense of self. And I was going to get to that, but I, couldn't, I can't say it better than, than Mrs. Sickwood. Dr. Sickwood, thank you. Okay, what I want to show you is that the distinction between Avodah and Inui also um, expresses itself in the process of the redemption. Take a look at the next Pasuk that you have on your list here. They cried out. What what generated that cry? The work, the labor. A few psikkim later, I mean, you don't notice it because it's paragimel, but a few psikkim later, because they crying out leads to the vision of the sne. At the vision of the sne, what does Hakadosh Baruch Hu tell Moshe? Vayomer Hashem. They cried out from the labor. That was the immediate sensation. That was what made them cry out. And it didn't say it doesn't say they cried to Shem. It says it says It went up by itself. But when Hakadosh Baruch looks down and sees them, what does he see? Does he see the labor or does he see the Inui? God sees the Inui. God sees the oppression, right? Mipnei noksav, and again, mipnei noksav is 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 uh, typical because the oppression is created by noksav. It's created by the sarei misim leman anoto b'sivlotam. That's what creates that sense of oppression. In uh, the parsha of Arami Ovid Avi. When we repeat in very, very brief, briefly the story of Tzias Mitzrayim, so we say as follows. Right? They made it bad for us and they oppressed us. So again, you find these two different verbs, Inui and Avodah. And we cried out to God, the, the God of our fathers, Vaishma Shemet Kolenu, Vayar, what did he say? Vayar etonyenu. What the Kashbuk saw was the Inui. It says that he, you know, it says Vayeda Elokim. God saw, we cried out because, perhaps because of the Avodah, but what did God see? When he looked down, what did he, what interested him? What did he see? The humiliation. 
the depth experience. That's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu saw when he looked down. Vayaret Adyenu. So Amisal cries out because of the Avodah. But what Hakadosh Baruch Hu sees is the Inui. Let me show you another pasuk. It's not on the the daf. Moshe Rabbeinu grows up in the palace. He goes out to see his his brothers. <laughs> the pasuk in Perak Bet, pasuk Yud Vayihi bayamim haheim, vayigdal Moshe v'yitzei elachav. Moshe went out, and he looked, and he went, and he to meet his brothers, to see his brothers. Vayar b'sivlotam. Vayar ish mitzri make ish ivri me'echav. So first of all, what did he see? What did Moshe Reno see? Sivlotam. What is sivlotam? What? If you take a look at the psukim that you had at the beginning, the psukim that deal with Enoi, right? Sivlotam is connected with Enoi. What did Moshe see? He saw the Enoi. He saw Sivlotam. He can't see the Enoi, but he could see the physical events that lead up to Enoi. He can see a Mitzri that's maked, that's dominating, that's humiliating his brother the Jew. He can see the Seville because Seville is the is the external is what one can see that reflects an inner depth experience. God could see Inui. But what man can see is Sivlotam. When Moshe Rabbeinu went out, what does Moshe Rabbeinu see? The hard work? No. Is it comparable with an idea of empathizing with the suffering people, with the sufferers? It's referring to the suffering, right? Um, so he, he saw the Seville, but suffering is connected here to Enoi. Seeing um, is more than just seeing, it's experiencing. If I buy this correct. Correct. When uh, Moshe and Aaron go to Paro, and they asked to be given three days vacation. Why does power refuse? Why did Paro refuse? When when Moshe Rabbeinu go to Paro and ask for a three day vacation, why does Paro refuse? Three days vacation is not so terrible. What? I don't know Hashem. Let's take a look at why Paro refuses. Vayomra Alehem Melech Mitzrayim Lama in the next Shmote Dalad Vav Vayomra Alehem Melech Mitzrayim Lama Moshe Vaaron Tafriu Et Ha'am Mimaasav Lechu Lesivlotechem Sivlotechem, by the way, doesn't appear very, very often in Tanakh. So, and it appears in the beginning of Shmos quite often. So when it says the we know what it's referring to. Lechul Sivlotechem. Vayom Paro Hein Rabbi Mata Amaaretz Heshpatim Otam Bisivlotam. Twice in one pasuk. Vayitza Paro Bayom Etanoksim Baam. And again, the Noksim are referring to the people that are dominating the Jews. And obviously, if he was interested in the labor, not to give them the the uh, the teven, you know, so that they won't be able to you know fill the quota of bricks, is not going to make it more effective labor. What was he worried about? What they tried to do, like what happened in the camps, what they tried to do was not only to force labor out of them, but to dominate and to humiliate them and to dehumanize them. That's what they tried to do. Any work they got was also fine. To, the, if they would leave for three days, just for three days, that would mean that they're not being dominated. That would mean that they have a sense of self. That would mean that they're no longer mi'unim, what bothers Paro from the Psukim is not that he's going to lose labor. Believe me, by not putting Tevin in the, in, in, in the tit, he lost a lot of bricks. 
they may also collect themselves and maybe become stronger in those three days. It's possible. But I'm saying the Psukim, what bothers them is not that they might run away. Later on, the rest of the story of the debate between Moshe and Aaron is that, he, is that they want to make sure that they don't run away. And that's to leave the children and leave your flock and leave the, That's later on that they might run away. But here, at this point, you know, when they're, when they're totally under the control, the total control of the Egyptians, he's not even thinking that much they run away. What's his problem? Why is he being what? Lama Moshe that's apparently what was bothering Paro. And that's why he didn't even consider to let them go away for three days to worship their God. Let's take a look at um, one other source. Again, it's not on your sheet, I'm sorry. But I'm sure it's something that we all know by heart. At the beginning of the era, in the Perig Vav, Perig Vav Pasuk, I think it's Vav or Zayin, Vav. Lachain Emor Livnei Yisrael, Ani Hashem, what is Sivlot Mitzrayim referring to? The Inui. The Avoda, the labor. And again, now he's summing up everything. So you see the importance of the Hotzah Mitachat Sivlot Mitzrayim. You have also Avodah, you have other things, but at the beginning, at the end, Hamotzi Etchem Mitachat Sivlot Mitzrayim. Okay? I hope that I've convinced you that there's a difference between Avodah and Inui. We agree? Yes. Avodah and Inui are two totally separate things. And again, going back to the first Pesukim at the beginning of Shmos, which you have in front of you. And then, that when we talk about then the Mrorim is certainly a reference to while the Lechem Oni, if I'm right, that and we would expect a certain parallel between Matzah and Mara that you eat together with the Korban Pesach, that matzah, like maror, is some symbol that refers to the shibud. That the matzah is the lechem oni, which is symbolic of the inui, while maror is symbolic of the avoda. Right? So that would be the way I would interpret the mitzvah at Lela Seder. It has absolutely nothing to do with what eventually will happen, that the lostik pitzekam, lahachmitz, that's going to be, that's a different symbol, and that refers to something else. Right now we're talking about the matzah and the mora that's eaten together with the Koran Pesach, that the Koran Pesach, you know, is taken within the context, to appreciate the Gula, we have to have the context of what preceded it, which is the avadum v'inuotam, which is the matzah and the moror. So that's my, my theory, that uh, the, the, the pasuk, of is not a reference at all to the matzah al shem that they're going to have the next morning. It's not referring to korban mincha. It's not a korban toda. It's not because this, the Torah goes kadmala olam. Uh, all those things might be true, but what it says specifically about the matzah is lechem oni as a as another symbol of of matzah, and that I think is exactly what the connection between Matzah and Moror within the context of the Koran Pesach puts together. The Pesach in Devarim I mean, it mentions Matzot Lechem Oni Ki V'chipazon Yatzah Okay. So it does link it to the time bound related I know, but it's taking, you know, I'll, get, I'll get there in a second. Well, in a second, it'll take a while. Oh. We still have to understand 
why is matzah connected to, to inui? What, what's exactly the connection between matzah and inui? I mean, okay, I mean, the matzah is not so fresh and it's hard, and you know, but we don't think of eating matzah as suffering, right? When we eat matzah, why is matzah? <laughs> you do it is suffering. Oh, okay. All right, so okay, so I have no question. But the, I mean, originally matzah was like a pita, right? So it wasn't so terrible. I mean, now, now especially if you have hand shmura matzah that with all the mahadrins. So, but I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't. Okay, if you think that eating matzah is suffering, so I, so I don't need any other explanations. What? Well, well, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So why is why I, I understand maror is a bitter herb. I understand the connection between maror and between the, as I said, it's, it's a superficial, it's not a depth experience, but it's more superficial. Right? And it relates to, and, and, and it relates to the, the, the labor. Because it's talking about a feeling, not an experience. And therefore I understand why it's something which is a taste rather than something which is deeper. But why, what's the relationship between matzah and between inui? It's a nice drasha. And it's called Lechem Oni, and I have Avodim Vi'inuotam, and I have this wonderful drasha. But what's the connection between matzah and between inoi? Yes? That's not bad. I didn't think of that. That's, re- that's really good. Did everybody hear that, or should I repeat it? Right? Matzah doesn't rise. We were oppressed. I like that very much. You want to? Okay. Uh, I, I want I want to quote um, two different suggestions that I found, which are similar. One in the Abu Dram and the other in the Svarno. Source number nine. This is the Abu Dram. Vim Tomar. So first of all, he asks our question. And what is the answer? Okay, we have somebody who was taken prisoner in Hodu. And when he was a prisoner, they gave him matzah. Apparently it was Pesach, right? That the Nogsim, when they gave the, the, the Israelites time to eat, and they gave them food, they gave them matzah so that they wouldn't waste time, a long time eating, they would eat a little bit. It's hard to digest, and uh, therefore they would only they, they they wouldn't have to give them so much food. And that was the diet that they gave them. And it was part of that sense of humiliation and dominance that's constantly standing over them and oppressing them. So what you have in the Abudraim, uh is an interesting theory of why matzah is connected with oppression. That that's what actually what the Egyptians forced the 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 Israelites to eat. By the way, when uh, on, on on Pesach, you know, uh, the Palestinians always have a shvitat ra'av on Pesach because they're only given matzah to eat and they're not given bread to eat, and they feel that, that there's really oppression. So anyway, so I guess there's some truth to this. Uh, in any case, that's the avodrom. I, I identify more with something similar, but it's in the Sferno. lechem oni. Right? It says, They were always under constant pressure to do more work, to do more work. The Sarimisim, the Noksim, were constantly pressuring them. And therefore, they, didn't, they, they weren't fed bread by their, by, by their masters. They had to make bread themselves, but they didn't have any time. That sense of pressure of dominance, of humiliation, created a situation where the only thing that they were able to bake was matzah. So, you know, whether it's this is what their oppressors gave them to eat, or in order that they should work more and eat less because it's not digestible, 
or whether it's all they had an opportunity to because they were constantly had a sense that they didn't, no sense of self, no sense of time, no sense of space, no sense of being able to do anything for themselves, constantly under pressure, the noxim atzim lemar, therefore when they finally had a chance to bake, it had to be masa, they couldn't let it rise, they, they, they made the dough and they threw it right into the oven, either way it fits very, very nicely into our theory of inui as opposed to avodah. And therefore, we find that the symbolism for the Inui, for the oppression, is matzah, whether you take... What's your name? Suri Blank. Suri Blank. Whether you take Suri's explanation, or the Svarno, or the Avudram, any one of these will, I think, justify why matzah is... is, Or your explanation, that you really can't stand eating matzah. That's also good. (laughs) But any one of these will will, will justify why matzah is connected with Inui. Yes. Along the same lines, I heard earlier today from Rav Samet, it's, it's just working backwards, that actually Lechem in Mitzrayim was, there was a lot of culture around the Lechem, they had very many different kinds of breads. Um, bread was considered a very worthy food. They paid their workers with bread. So if you don't have bread, you're not the one who's, you're not the one who's doomed the oppressing, you're the oppressed. Yeah, that, that's a different explanation which uh, has nothing to do with Lechem only, but why there's an Isra of Chametz, because Really, you know, bread, you know, it was a society that worked around bread. But that they were fed bread, I mean, he didn't, he didn't say that, I'm sure, because that's a different... No, yeah, the, that they were fed matzah, right? No, yeah. the, the no that, I, that I'm, I'm aware, I'm aware of, yeah, I'm aware of that, uh, that theory. Um, it's, it's possible, it's possible. Yeah? The Sparno's reason may be the reason why Lot gave the angels matzah, because he was in a hurry to get rid of them. Perhaps. <laughs> no, by Avram it's Lushi Vasi Ugot. You know, there was. Okay. Okay. Now, now what I'd like to do, okay. Now at this point, what I'd like to do is connect the. We have two different symbols of matzah, so it could be that you know, matzah serves two different functions. And there's no connection between the two. And it's very, very economic. We don't have to buy matzah and something else. You know, we want to have one symbolism for the lowest pictsekum. We want to have another symbolism for the inoi. And well, great. The matzah does both. So that's really an economic way of doing it. It's very, very efficient. You know, we don't have to go crazy about buying something else for the Lala Seder. So it's wonderful. Uh, but if so, then the, it's only arbitrary, the fact that matzah happens to be the symbolism for once and there's really no intrinsic connection. What I want to do is claim that there really is an intrinsic connection between the two. Uh, and that's connected to what I said beforehand. When I said that they cried out because of the labor. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw their Inui. Right? What, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees and what leads to the Geula is the Inui. Vayar et onyenu. Or uh, I think another pasuk which I left out. Yeah, I totally left it out. It's a pasuk in Nehemiah. I didn't even. We say it in Vayvarach um, David. What does it say over there? Vayat ani avotein mitzrayim. Over there also pasuk. I left it out. I'm sorry from the page. Uh, there are two examples. No. Uh, yeah, here I, I have one on the page. We have with Hagar. There's a whole story with Hagar. Sarah gave Hagar to to Avram as a wife, and then. Uh, and then she felt that she no longer that Hagar no longer had respect for Sarah, and and uh, Avram says, "Okay, do with what with her whatever you want." And then the pasuk says, "Vataanea Sarah vatevrach mi paneha." Vataanea Sarah, Sarah oppressed Hagar. It's a very very difficult pasuk, according to Ramban. Ramban says, "Kan chata Sarah imenu." Uh, here you have an inui of Sarah being maane Hagar, who is mitzvit. Later on, you know, we have Avadum Inuotam. Is there a connection? I'll let you, I'll let you uh, speculate for yourselves. But in any case, the Ramban says, Kan Chata Sarai Menu. Vata Anea Sarava Tevrachim Panea. 
וימצאה מלך השם על עין המים במדבר על עין בדרך שור. ואין המלך, ליאנג'ל מיץ ותגר, ויאמר לה מלאך השם, הנך הרע וילדת בן, you will become pregnant, you will have a child, וקראת את שמו ישמעאל, you will call him ישמעאל, כי שמע אלוקים, כי שמע השם אל עניך. God heard your oppression. Again, what does God hear? God hears your oppression. Vayar et onyenu. We have something similar regarding the uh, orphan and, uh, and widow. Kol almanav yatom lo ta'anun. You shouldn't oppress a widow and an orphan. Im anei ta'aneoto. If you will oppress them. Ki im tsaoki tsaki lai shamoa eshma tsaakato. And then I will make your children orphans and your wives widows. Shemosh Matzakato. We have three different examples where Inui leads to Tsaaka leads to Geula. The case of Hagar, the case of Mitzrayim, and the case of Almana Viatom. In other words, what you have here is a relationship. They're not two arbitrary symbols of Matzah. There's a relationship between, not the Avodah, but between the Inui and between the Geula. The two go together. But I think it's deeper than that. According to the Ran, as we saw, they were allowed to bake bread the next day. They were chased out of Egypt. They wanted to prepare, uh, prepare a meal for the next day. They didn't have time. They went out. They traveled, they ended up in a place called Sukkot. They opened up their their sacks and what did they see? What did they see? What? It was dough? No, It certainly had not risen. Okay, so they come to Sukkot, and then what they eat are what? Matzot, right? What are matzot? Matzot have been, is what they've been eating for the last how many years? They're finally free. And what do they think? Okay, now we're going to have cake. They're free to eat the matzahs. <laughs> They're free to eat the matzahs. No, they, they planned, according to Ran, they planned on eating bread for the first time in who knows how long. Whether the Egyptians gave them, gave them matzah to eat, whether they had no time to bake anything but matzah. Matzah in their mind, the fact that, as you said, all Egyptian society around them was eating bread. They were worshipping bread. It was, it was a society that was built around bread. And they were eating matzah. And they're free now. And they, have a, and, and they have a chance to bake bread. And they can't. And they get to Sukkot. And what they eat, again, even though they're free, what they eat again is matzah. What does that tell them? First of all, what it could tell them is that not, not free. Till now, they were Avde Paro, and now they're Avde Hashem. It's a nice drasha. Is it an exchange for the man? I don't know. <laughs> man, man is not. Man is later. Man is later. Man is later. Man is uh, after Kriyas Yamsuf. But what I want to suggest is that by in their freedom, when they get to Sukkot and they have no choice but to eat matzah again because they were rushed out, because they weren't allowed to stay one more second, because because they were really free now, all of a sudden made them think that matzah, that was a lechem inoy all the time, in retrospect, 
that led up to the Lechem Geula. The Enoi, all that oppression and all that suffering and all that difficulty, all that matz that we ate all those years, that's what brought about the Geula eventually. They're not two separate arbitrary symbols, but there's a relationship between the two. It wasn't planned. It was planned. It was part of the divine plan. That the Lechem Oni will be the Lechem of Lohis Pekpitzeka will be the Lechem that tells us not only about the Gula, but also about what generated the Gula, what led up to the Gula, what created the Gula. The Lechem Oni is intrinsically connected with the Lechem Gula. Because Inui, not Avoda, Inui, leads to Gula. They had nothing else to eat, but why did it have to be? Why is why is this the? I mean, they could have, they could have had, eaten cucumbers. I mean, they could have eaten watermelons. It's Isn't that time he was yeah. those things? Yeah. I have no idea. And but <laughs> you know, I I, I saw in certain mafarshim that say lo speak with Jacob that they were rushed out. And they're going crazy. Oh my gosh, it might become chametz. Oh my gosh, it might become chametz. I mean, it was, a, you know, a bit of an anachronistic shot about what happens in modern day kitchens and Pesach with, but, but, yeah, right. So I think somebody said that really, you know, it, having that on your back all that time with the heat of walking, it should have certainly risen. And it was an ace that, it was an ace that it didn't. But whatever, however you're going to explain it, it's, it's, it's not. They ate in different circumstances. I know, that's my whole point. But now they're able to see that the same thing that they told now, they thought, that, right? Exactly. But this, it led up to the thing. There's a connection between the two. You can draw a line between those two dots. Yes. I agree. Right, you want to make a dot to the maror as well, yes. But the the it's a much more intrinsic connection between the inui and between the the geula. That the maror takes place, that, that maror and the avoda has an effect as well. I agree with you 100. percent Yes. Pesach is a holiday of contrast. You have avdut and chayvut in the same day. Therefore, matzah symbolizes both the inui and the geula at the same time. At the beginning of the evening, it was Avdut or Inui, and then by the end of the day, you already had uh, Gula. Okay. So the uh, concept follows through, as you're saying. Um, well, I'll talk about that in, in one second, maybe. Uh, what I want to uh, show you is that this dualism of the two symbols of Matzah, I think, also uh, expresses itself in the various different halachas of Matzah. Take a look at source number 11. There's a big machlokus among the Amoraim whether nowadays there's a mitzvah to eat matzah. Maror, we know, is only Drabanan because it says, We don't eat maror unless you have a Karim Pesach. If you have a Karim Pesach, you eat a Karim Pesach together with matzah and maror. Now that we don't have a Karim Pesach, there's no mitzvah to eat maror. What happens if you, what about matzah? So there's one Amor that says, if you don't have a Karim Pesach, you don't eat matzah either. And matzah bizman hazed drabanan. Rabbi says, matzah bizman hazed is do'oraisa, even without the Karim Pesach. Tanya kavase de Rava, sheishas yamim tochal matzot, uvayom ashvi atzeret l'ashem elokecha. Six days you eat matzot, and on the seventh days atzeret, that just me less, I'm sorry. Uh, el, you know, that, that you eat for seven days, it's, it's, it's not, it's volitional, you can eat, not eat. The first night is an obligation, the rest of the days you can, if you want, you don't have to, if you don't want. So it says, maybe the first night is also volitional. It says you have to eat the Karim Pesach with Matzah Umarar. It's an obligation. Only El Bizman based on Migdash Kayim. That's only when you have a Karim Pesach and you have a base on Migdash. Bizman Shein based on Migdash Kayim Minayin. How do you know that you eat 
matzah when there is no base of mikdash. Tamad loma be'erev tochlu matzot takatu kavokala. There's another mitzvah that says be'erev tochlu matzot. Now you have two different mitzvahs of matzah. One mitzvah of matzah is a matzah somerachu. That's what they ate together with the matzah. Uh, with, I'm sorry, with the, with the carbon pesach. Maror and matzah. And by the way, you don't have, if there wouldn't be a carbon pesach geula, we would not commemorate and celebrate the Avdus alone. Right? We wouldn't have a separate, we, we, we need the maror and the inui in order to appreciate the geula. We wouldn't celebrate the inui and the Avdus alone if we don't have a carbon pesach. But on the other hand, you have a separate mitzvah to eat matzah that's independent of the Karam Pesach. Where did that separate mitzvah to eat matzah come from? If it's not a matzah to By Yofu Atabatzeik, the symbol of Geula is an independent symbol of Geula. There are two different mitzvahs of eating matzah. There's one to eat matzah alongside the Mara together with the Karam Pesach, where the matzah and Mara seem to have parallel functions, and that's avadum ve'induotam. And aside from that, when there is no Karam Pesach, the, the matzah represents and symbolizes a separate aspect of Geula that the Koran Pesach doesn't symbolize. Because the Koran Pesach is the Geula, is the, is the religious experience of God coming and, 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 and it's, 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 the, the Koran Pesach is what happened at Chatzos. The Vavati Bechol Eretz himself, the religious experience, of Lela State is what happens at Chasos, and that's Korban Pesach. It's a Korban. It happens in the Mikdash. It's referring to Hashra Shechina. And it's the connection with God. But going free, the Geula, the political Geula, being freed from Mitzrayim, that didn't occur at Chasos. They weren't allowed to leave their houses. When did that occur? That occurred in the morning, when they were able to leave, and they ran out. And that's connected to what? That's connected to the Matzah. So you see that also in Halacha, you have two different... Two different sources, two different mitzvahs of matzah. One matzah, matzah and the way I'm interpreting that's connected to the inui and the maror that goes along with the Koran Pesach, avadum inu otam. And on the other hand, you have a separate mitzvah of ayofu atabatzik, erev tochul matzot. And similarly, you have a gemari in Psachim that says, amarava bala matzah yatsa bala yatsa. If you don't taste the maror, you're not yotze. Because the maror is a taste, and it's a tasting and feeling the the, the, the bitterness. Uh, so if you don't taste it, you're not yotze. But matzah, you're yotze. The Rashbam says that if if you eat matzah, so you eat matzah. Swallowing is considered eating according to Allah. You don't have to taste it. But then he says at the end, achilahi miu lechatchila tam matzah bi'inan. But lechatchila you have to you have to taste it. Why lechatchila do you have to taste the matzah? So he, the source of the Rashbam is an interesting gemara in uh, in Brachos. Um, okay, we have time. Darish Rav Nachma Mishum Rabenu Umanu Shmuel. What happens if you cook matzah? You have matzah that was baked and then you cook it. So the gemara has a discussion whether cooking something does that change its identity. If you take a vegetable and you cook it, does the bracha change from a bari piyadamba to a shakal? If you take a, a, a fruit and you cook it, does the bracha change? And it wants to prove it from the case of taking matzah and cooking it. Does the bracha change or does the bracha not change? You know, can you be yotze matzah with uh, matzah that was cooked? Is it still is it still lechem oni or not lechem at all? And the Gemara says at the beginning that, that there's a machokas tanaim. One says you are yotze, one says you're not yotze, and that's this machokas. And then the Gemara says, no, the truth is everybody agrees that, that if you cook something, it does not change the identity. So why can't you be yotze if you cook matzah? Lechem matzah ba'inan v'leka. You need the taste of matzah. So what does it mean you need the taste of matzah? We saw in the Gemara Mitzachim, you don't have to taste the matzah. The answer is, that whenever we do mitzvahs, we do mitzvahs, the, the, the object has to lend itself to fulfilling the mitzvah in its most, in its most perfect way. In order to be yotze, the mitzvah of matzah, it has to be both lechem oni as well as lechem geula. It has to be something that you can taste as well as something that, that, that symbolizes something. It has to be able to taste it like maror, similar to the maror, the inoi, but you also have to be able, but it also represents something that has nothing to do with the taste at all. And therefore, if you have something that has the taste of matzah, but you swallow it, 
you're yotze partially, but lechatchila you should do both. You should taste it and and eat it, or taste it while eating it. But if you have something that doesn't even have the taste of matzah, it doesn't lend itself to the to the full prefikim. That's not the matzah that the Torah was talking about, because that lends itself to only one of the two symbolisms and not both. Again, it's a halachical analysis, so I, I couldn't go into more detail, that indicates that matzah really has these two different functions. One, the be'erv tochlu matzos, which is vayofa tabatzeik kilo hechmitz, which is the geula, symbolizing the geula. And the other is vavadum ve'inuotam ve'inui. And what I wanted to show you is the connection, both historically, that they ate matzah historically as lechem only, and then all of a sudden when they got free, they also ate matzah and they were able to connect the dots as well as a, an inherent connection in terms of the process of gula. It reflects the process of gula that inui, when there's real human suffering, God, HaKadosh Baruch, who's Racham that leads to gula.